Hello and welcome to the Calamity Vault podcast, where we play every indie RPG one week at a time. That's right. You heard it here first. We have a slogan now. And it is at worst mid. So yeah, that's pretty good. And this is our last episode with 10 Candles. So we are going to move on to some lighter content after this episode. And I cannot wait to show you guys what it is. It is so fun. But for now, let's marinate a little more in 10 Candles and talk about what we liked about the system, what we might change, and what we would do differently next time. Enjoy. fucked up the dice stats uh well you know that's uh that's that's how it be i was uh i think we had something like 16 total rolls yeah which is substantially less than the 23 predicted rolls um Uh which i guess is what's bound to happen when the first two scenes end very quickly um yeah yeah which you know i see i i I almost, I don't want to put that much on the first two scenes ending that quickly, mm. because, like, five, six of our scenes ended when a candle went out and not when we finished. Yeah, yeah that's I think true. We took a long time to get started, because we were doing a lot of rule stuff, and that made our candles go out faster, because we were doing actively not playing while they were burning. Yeah, I do think I, I also contributed to that a bit by spending too much time kind of talking about things and not like moving forward through character creation. So that might've been partially my fault uh, or largely my fault. I think if we were to say this is like an official comment on the system, if people know what they're doing, like, I think it works well. I mean, you've got the candles burning and the idea might be that if you take a while during play, like the candles will burn out whether you want them to or not. Um, Yeah. But if you were playing with new people, Maybe kind of bend the lighting ritual a little bit um, so that you have time to explain rules more. Because, yeah, I like this, I will say, like, I think it went well, and Z, I think you did well. But the number of scenes that ended or didn't happen because of candles going out felt bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. like not not in a like this is something wrong with the game, but it felt story wise bad. Yeah, like it, it, it. There wasn't space to come to a middle and an end, and like no one was rolling, and no one got to roll enough to that. No one got to their moment, let alone their break. Yeah, yeah. I I so agree. Th- Go ahead, Jack. I find it really interesting because. M- it did not feel bad for me. It felt the exact opposite. It mm. felt like things were frenetic and we never had enough time and everything was escaping us and nothing that we nothing we could do could really change things. And yeah, there was a lot left on a table, which felt incredibly thematic. Like, yes, we didn't get to these things that we wanted to for these characters, just like these characters are not getting to the things that they wanted to in their lives. It So to me... Yes, all of that's true. And I think that if these are not the themes that you're going for, you should absolutely consider like the actual length of time a candle takes to burn out when you start when you light them. Mm-hmm. But for what it seemed we were trying to emphasize, 
man, it, it just hit home for me. Um, yeah, that's, that's fair. Mostly like the number of scenes that simply didn't happen felt like I, like I understand uh, where you're coming from with regards to like theme, but in terms of like game mechanics, we did not use half the game mechanics because our candles burned out. Yeah. I keep having this problem, though. Yeah. I think the difference is I've never played it before, and thus I do not care. Um, which is not necessarily a useful comment for the people listening and the broader sense of how do you play this game. I think I think that Avery and Maggie are right in an objective sense. I just really enjoyed it because of what was happening here. Um, Both could be true. I tend to play like, fast and loose with the rules of games. I like the idea that the candles can burn out before your game's over on their own. Like, I think that's a great mechanic. I just think that all ours burned out a little too quickly. Yeah. I almost feel like I, I wouldn't... I think I mostly agree with Jack that it kept a pace that I found good for theme. But I think if we had time to kind of luxuriate in scenes and just have individual conversations more... I wouldn't feel like we didn't get to talk to each other that much. So, like, I think I had one conversation with Avery on the bus, and that was kind of it. I, I don't think we knew any of what was going on with Mitch. Yeah. yeah. We didn't and get he had so much him. going on. Yeah. Yes. But, okay, counterpoint, again, I feel like that makes the reveal in the in the message in some ways, a lot more powerful. Oh, was that why I started sobbing? <laughs> Probably. Because that's the we goal. Didn't really, and that's, I guess that's part of it. We don't really know, like, we know who ourselves are, but these people are just kind of thrown together and they're just trying to survive and they only have so much time to do it. Um, yeah. Now, here's another point, though. We say we didn't have enough time. We had six and a half hours. Well, we... It is now 11.30. We didn't start playing until 8.30. We only, have, we only have five hours, 15 minutes of recording. Oh, excuse me. Only five <laughs> hours and 15 minutes. I think, it's a, I think that it is partially our play style is probably not well suited to the amount of light that a tea light can, can give off I don't know. Uh, before burning my, out. All my tea lights were pretty good. I slept plenty of wax those are not that's more of a coffee light maggie that's that's quite large <laughs> i mean mine were fine and they were made of lead <laughs> my i i mean my my feeling was that i think that i was sad that we were missing scenes that things were moving too quickly i also think that part of this might have been i i think i could have run this better um if i'm being honest um I think that there are things that I could have done to facilitate conversations better, to set up transitions better. And I think that there were a couple points at which I just kind of was like, oh, oh, no, I have to go. I have to change things quickly and move. And I'm not sure what to do. Um, and I think my sort of on the fly solution to that was to try to give more narrative power than the game even ordinarily would give. So normally when a scene ends, that's just my thing. I just decide what happens at the end of a scene and I transition us to the next one. Whereas in this, I like because candles were going out and I was not sure what to do at every turn and I wanted people to do more things rather than me doing more things, I, I sort of tried to turn some of the transitions more over to players. Um, 
and I, I think maybe had I been more efficient and more like targeted to get to the moments from the get go, instead of like, I, I think my approach was like, I want to play out a few scenes I, or at least a, a little bit of time. I want to do our recording. And then I want to like start making progress towards moments. I think it might've been better had I hit the ground running and been like, I'm going to start bending everything immediately towards the moments to try to get us there faster and like trigger people wanting to use their stuff. But I'm not sure. I, I don't know. It, it, yeah. I have an alternative proposal as well. Because it appeared to me that there were several times when we wanted to use traits or moments that were not at the top of the stack. I don't think the stack does anything for us. Like, I think it's totally reasonable to say you have to use both your traits and your moment before you get to your brink. That's fine. But the idea that, like, you're limited in which of those you can use and in what order, I think that that only caused us to not have access to it. Because there were at least two occasions when I know I tried to use my moment and I wasn't able to. And I suspect that that was true for other people as well. Yeah, there were places where I would have loved to, like, try to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So my recommendation to the listeners would be try it without the stack and... See how that goes. Yeah, and I, I would say the second one thing that you said earlier in that too, which is I do think the brink should still be at the bottom. Um, we didn't get to those this session, and I, having run twice before, it's pretty ordinary for at least the way that I've done this in the past to not get to everyone's brinks or to anyone's brinks even. I think that's pr- I think, probably yeah, I think the last fault. game we played, we didn't get to anyone's either. Yeah, I, I think that that says something about either how I'm running it or maybe about what, like, a certain fast reading or way of running it might be uh, maybe not just me. Um, but it, it would be cool to get to the brinks because that's supposed to be like, what are you doing when you're pushed to the edge, which is kind of what this is all yeah. about. Um, and I, I don't know if maybe like if, if there was like an encouragement from the top to like, if you ever roll any ones, just use a thing to push yeah. it forward. That's, that's one way. Something. Yeah. I was feeling it's like yeah. we we were rolling these like twos and threes of like ones. You're rolling one or like two or three ones at a time, and people were like, "Well, it'll be fine. We have plenty of dice." When we really should just burn to trait. I mean, yeah. but yeah. the scenes didn't end because we. I mean, we should have burned a trait to get through the traits, but the scenes didn't end because we ran out of dice. The scenes ended because we didn't get a six. No, well, yeah, but that's like out. that's the point. Yeah, well, that's how the scenes end. You run out of dice because you, you you don't get a six because well, you have less dice. I, no, the scenes the scenes by and large, crucially, I want to note that the scenes by and large did not end because we didn't get sixes. The majority of our scenes ended because candles went out. Yeah, it was about half and half at least. It was more than half and half. I wrote this down because I was interested for the stats. <laughs> so was it? What, was it 60-40 or was it more? I was a little confused on what happened at the end, but there were at least, yeah, there were three scenes that didn't get rolls at all. There were two scenes that got one roll and then the candle went out, and there was one scene that had one roll and the candle went out. So we had, we had nine scene transitions. It was 10 to 9, 9 to 8, etc. Uh, and of those, six of those were candles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I think, I, like... 
This this is the first time I've had candles do that much damage to the scenes. Yes. Yeah, I, like... I really do think it was because we spent so much time on the rolls at the beginning while the candles were burning. Yeah. But even so, um, they would have, like, what, that would have saved us ten minutes? It was more than ten minutes. We, we did take a long time but, starting But even up. if it would have sent us... But even if it saved us half, uh, like half an hour, I think it, yes, it's when we decided to light the candles, but I think it's also, we had a lot of pauses. Mm -hmm. We may have also taken our break with the candles burning. We did. Oh, we did. We did, did, but I've also done that before, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So normally when I have started the game in the past, I believe that I've gone through pretty standard character startup, which is... You, you basically you light three candles you go through a few steps you light three more a few more steps you light three more a couple more steps and then you light the last one and i think i've always stopped before lighting the last one to give people like a quick like restroom break um because you like character creation can take it i i think it took us a whole hour um and i think that's actually pretty normal for a new group to the game which is so far all that i've played with are people who are at least majority new to it um and I, I kind of think the expectation is that it'll take an hour, not necessarily in the game's things. Like, this could go very fast, right? Like, if everyone knows what's going on and they're just like, virtues, vices, boom, have ideas, send them around. I, I have an idea for character concept. Here's the store, like, the basic module. I've got a concept for that. Okay, here's the moment. I've got an idea of a moment. Like, you could run through it pretty fast. Like, if you just had a few minutes for each of those things, that would be reasonable. So I kind of think maybe part of that was just doing rules explanation as we went, plus doing, like, talking through examples and kind of reading off from the book a little bit of what's in there. So that, that might have slowed us down. I, I still think, like, I've done that, I think, more or less, maybe not as much as in this one, but I have more or less done that for all of my other ones. So it could be that this brand of tea light just runs out earlier. Um, but I feel like we did actually go for a decent time. So my suspicion is that for one reason or another, we took a little bit longer on setup and a little bit longer in the early scenes. Um, and taking longer in a earlier scene does mean that your later scenes are going to get squished. Um, so I think the combination maybe did us in a little bit. Uh, again, part of this could be the way I'm running it too and not pacing things like... I Here's the thing. I, I don't think that there th- are things in your pacing that I would have, like... I liked the pacing. Like we asked, we asked that we slow down and let us have conversations. Yeah, right? yeah. like sure, yeah. we could have gotten through things fast if we just like kept stating actions. Yeah, but that's no good. Like the conversations but, are important. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, but I think that that's also an important difference that we've run into before, where when we play, we tend to role play out all scenes, yeah. and th- you know, for good or for ill, that is not common. Or at least it is not ubiquitous. So I know that on the whole, we tend to take longer in scenes than other groups do. And we tended to pause a lot and think about what our characters were going to say and what they were going to do and what our truths are going to be. Um, so I think that that's really a question for what is your group like? Is your group a bunch of people that, you know, really that they're going to sit and marinate in it. In that case, probably use a bigger candle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, if, yeah. if, if not, 
and then you know you're probably fine with if just you're in a D group where people regularly rp 45 minute to an hour conversations in your D session the 45 minute to hour conversations are crucial <laughs> they really aren't i don't know how to <laughs> i mean i, I love I, them I, do... I love listening to them i i love this too i i kind of wonder like maybe there could have been a better balance um had I started like a little more correct from the start in a certain way, like what one way to run this would be like, like, I I mean, here's the setup, right? From the get go, you're expecting to have hopefully 10 scenes, right? Um, One way to, one way to frame that would be, here's a conversational thing that's happening. And I'm going to try to like set you up to be doing conversation. Mm. And I'm going to interject into that with conflicts. Um, and be like, hey, you're talking. By the way, here's a new thing that's happening, and you have to figure that out or deal with it. Um, and that that could be a more conversation-centric way. I've, I've, I'm not sure. That's certainly not how I did run this, um, at least cert- not all the way through. Um, I, I think I tried to set things up as, here's some things that are happening, what's going on in that? Um, and I, I think I started with a more action-heavy approach, and I think uh, as... Uh, was pointed out, um, I think by Avery, uh, there was like a, a dearth of conversation for a little bit. So it was too heavy um, in just doing, doing, and would have been good to slow down a bit. Um, but like, could have started with that, right? We could have been in the school and been framed in a better way to set up, we're talking right now, not just doing things. Um, and then something happens or an event like, oh, now you've made it to the door. Now we're going to do this. Um I don't know. But I, I'm not sure how that would play off the roles. And I really liked the way you ran at the beginning, like at, yeah. during all of it. But the the pacing in the beginning was very quick. Like we were in a movie. Time was, you know, short. We had to be active in order to get things done. That it felt. It was very snappy. Yeah. It was moving. Mm. It felt right. Sorry, Avery. What were you going to say? I. Oh no! I was just going to say. I think is 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 uh deflecting sort of like a lot of blame onto mm. himself that it's my favorite yeah, that... they don't need we like to. to talk no it's it's none of this is is your fault to the extent uh-huh. that it is anyone's fault yeah. yes um and i would like to just restate for a moment that this is one of the best one shots that i have ever yeah this played. was great it was really really um, good like at, at least top five if not higher and it was so beautifully emotional and tragic. And I think that this is an important thing to understand, which I did not understand going into this. I don't think that this is a horror game at all. I think it's a tragedy game. And those are different genres. Um, this game made me feel such pathos and sadness. <laughs> um, it didn't make me feel scared. It just made me feel sad, which is great and is impactful, but it's different. True. I to be fair, uh, several of us are extremely melancholy bitches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. I mean, that scene where we were in the forest and um, Casey almost like like gets clawed by that by the monster. I don't know. I felt like that was. I mean, well, that was kind of scary. Like. <laughs> I did not like being clawed by the monster. That was spooky. <laughs> yeah, that was that was scary. Just it, the, being in the forest and not knowing who is and mm-hmm. isn't one of them. So 
I would like to note that this is at least partially my fault. Yeah, um, you, and we you did probably do this. disclose our brinks. <laughs> I think we should. So the brink that the the brink that I gave to the to them it was I have seen them learn. I have seen them grow using changing what we have left behind. They will replace us and we will be forgotten. Jack. God damn it, Jack. <laughs> That's a really good one to give. Uh, but also, yeah. fuck you. I I wish I I did wish as we were going through like I had more scenes to build into the replacing us vibe um because I like I felt like it was definitely there. I, yeah. I was yeah. trying to push for it, but I, I felt like it wasn't as clear as it maybe could have been. Um, but I was I was going that direction because <laughs> I I genuinely came to this with like several things I had thought about of like different sorts of themes of monsters or ways that things could shape up depending on what you went with or what you like gave me. And then you gave me I've seen them <laughs> and they're growing, they're learning, they're going to replace us. I was like, I could do something with that. I have an idea. <laughs> Um, and then I, I just wanted to like make them a little bit weirder than just outright imitation, but doing some imitation, yeah. some differences. And I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I did the best justice to it, but I appreciated the, the, they were creepy. Oh my God, creepy. Where we, we beefed the car and then they all start oh. beefing. God, oh, amazing. God, that sucked. Oh. <laughs> that sucked amazing. so much. Uh. I'm glad Casey got to go out the parking garage and not in the car. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad. I, they, I, she burned. She she burned one trait the entire time, and so still had like her courageous trait up top. Uh, I this whole I look. Casey is high on nihilism and just wants to make it count. I my um moment is saving a child from a terrible fate. And so I was like, oh, man, I could hit my moment here, or I could let Avery die. <laughs> and they clearly wanted to die. Well, you saved Mitch. You pulled Mitch into the car. I, I did. You, you saved Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> not that it mattered, because there were no more dice rolls. And no, there were dice. not. Yeah. I will say, I was kind of sad that our last two candles burned out at the same time. Yeah. That was a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been nice to like have that last moment to kind of define our own deaths. <laughs> yeah, I that that is the fastest that I've ever seen the last ones. I, this, I think this is the fastest I've seen the candles burn out collectively. Like I lost way more candles in this game than I have previously. But losing the last two close together, it was sort of like, well, I guess we're here now. Because <laughs> um, normally, like I think what the game expects. Uh, since you do light the last candle separate from the others, is for it to have a bit more time on it. And in theory, you're supposed to have sort of a last stand, more or less. Um, now, that can be more action-y if you're going that route. It can be more slashery, or it can just be sort of going through everyone's ends. Um, and it's supposed to work out where basically you... you you still have dice rolls at the end where you really have like one or maybe two if you have a hope die. And it, when people fail rolls, you don't blow out the last candle ordinarily. Uh, you just dictate or bring to a close that character's story. And then you go to the next character and you basically go through everybody and everyone will come at either up to the edge of their end. And then you like wait and then narrate it all together. 
um, or they come up to their end outright, and then you just carry through each one. But it's normally there's sort of a, a last stand mechanic for the last candle. And the idea is everyone goes out before the last candle is gone. Um, and then when it's out, you've kind of had a chance to elaborate. Uh, this one, and maybe this was, you know, me adhering too closely to, well, the candle's out, so let's wrap it up. Um, but the, this one went out a lot faster than I anticipated between like the last few candles and like the, even the set before those. I was just like, well, we're moving. I mean, that's also the nature of the game. Like it, the mechanic is you have candles and they're going to go out. I think this is like, even though it wasn't an ideal example of what the game should be. Crucially, this is not representative. It's not representative, but it could happen. Yeah, like, this it is did a happen. thing that could happen and did happen. Yes, because it's supposed to be something that you don't really control. And I yeah, like your fate. Yeah, I want to say out loud. I love the candle mechanic. Just full stop. I think it's a great mechanic. Um, I think it gives a lot of freedom and narrative control. Um, like we were following the rules, but like especially with the the truths, I thought like. It felt very thematic to me, and that, like, we would pass through a whole scene, and that would be very continuous, and then we would just get flashes of things happening. And they were just things that we could just impose onto the narrative. And I really liked that. Um, that it didn't matter how big or small it was, but we could just establish that as a player um, without really any some, anything preventing it from happening. We didn't have to roll for it. We could just do it. Um, but that was interspersed with... Um, what was almost guaranteed to be failures along the way. Um, so mechanically, mm-hmm. I really liked that kind of dichotomy. And Z, I thought you handled the truths really well with like the number of truths that got told at the end of each candle, because it, it, it was clearly something you were regulating. There wasn't a set number of truths that you were letting happen, I think. Ah, uh, yes, but there is. There is. Oh, um, there is? It follows, oh, the, it, no. follows the can- it follows the candles down. Yeah. Oh, uh, he has had to do some thinking on the fly because of all of the candles that we had going out. I thought yeah, you did a great I, job with it. <laughs> thank you. I, I did. Yeah, I didn't notice that. That was super cool. I did fudge it a little bit every now and then, but for the most part, it was true to rules. Um, I think only whenever we had multiple candles go out, like while another thing was going on, did I kind of s- screw with it a little bit. Um, and then I, I did occasionally make up who got to start. So the way that it's written, um, at the whenever a candle goes out, if there was a role that put that candle out, you start with the player whose role put the candle out and they establish the first truth. So you, um, you say these things are true, the world is dark, and then you go to that player. And then from there you go around with uh, whoever's running the game, inserting themselves into the order. Um, you know, I, we, had, we had a table order basically set up here, but you, you just go around the table as it were. Um, I, fudge that a tiny bit because sometimes candles go out on their own or go out while other things are happening. Sometimes that meant I kind of skipped like doing a separate extra established truths phase because that seemed if we didn't have a scene in between, it felt silly and like not, not good pacing, like for what the game even wants and also just not good. So I was like, well, if they're going out, we're just going to do one established truths and we're going to move on. Um, And then I also ignored putting myself in first i 
I don't like establishing the first truth because that also means I get to do the majority of them and I would rather hand that over to players more often than not and just mm. insert one one nasty little truth here or there um, or one truth that develops what someone else has said in a way that sort of pushes them forward. I, I don't know. I think one of my favorite things is that this game hands over so much narrative control and even like yeah. not just narrative within the scene, but also like montage control of like these in-between establishing truth phases. And I like that the players have that and I want players to have that. So I, I keep, it, it may, you know, to wh whatever, you know, glory or fault this is, I love to voice that back on you and be like, no, no, it's your job. You take it. I don't want to do that. <laughs> storytelling and like I to be clear on my stance here I I am also I also like the candle mechanic and I also like the establishing truths phase etc I just ended up like frustrated by the number of candles that were going yeah. out and how quickly they were happening yeah especially just like because I especially because it it, it what like especially as things continued to drop like it became clearer and clearer that we were not going to hit like the later parts of the system yeah I I yeah I I think having run this before, and maybe this is part of, like, for you, Avery, too, is a player who has played this before, like, I, I, I feel the parts of the system that I don't get to as much, um, and I I really did want to make it to the brinks, um, and I just, as the candles... You're so chatty, it was never gonna happen. As the candles just kept burning out, I was just like, well... The best I could do is moments, maybe, if even, and even that we oh didn't even get. Didn't, um, didn't get to it. So, yeah, I don't know. I Well, lesson learned. If you're chatty, get longer lasting candles. <laughs> also, burn your things all the time. Like, burn them at every, every instance. Don't hold that them. I, I think that actually is probably good advice, and I kind of... I don't know. I kind of thought about just saying that at the start of this, um... But then at the same time, sometimes it doesn't feel right. And so I didn't want to put that on people to be like, yeah, yeah, just force your trait into a scene. Like, that also feels wrong to me. Um, it's good advice, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think I think the better version of the advice is something like, don't hold anything for mechanical reasons ever. Um, by which I mean, like, oh, you're at the start of the game and you rolled your 10 dice and you rolled, like, a 1 or two ones maybe. And you're like, eh, that's a lot of dice. We'll be fine. Don't do that. <laughs> if you think... If, yeah. if, you want, if you want to spiral, you are going to have to commit to spiraling from roll 1. Yeah. Do not hoard <laughs> your resources. You're gonna die anyway. Yep. Not for a one-shot. <laughs> I think my advice is something like this, which is hold on to your traits if you don't think they apply but if it applies even if you're already succeeding just use it like think about how that applies to what the role's doing and how you can narrate it in and just use that as an excuse to narrate it in and if that saves you more dice great uh if it happens to work out for like mechanical reasons good but like mostly ignore whether or not it's one d like you you rolled one one or you rolled a bunch of ones like may, maybe maybe just just build it i don't know that's that's one thought for a way to sort of push further in that. And that might be a, like something it should go into. Like, I, I don't know. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to say I need to run it again and do that. and Like encourage players that way. But I'm tempted to think maybe that's a way to like on the GM side, encourage players. Like if this comes up, if you can use a trait 
and it feels thematically appropriate, just go ahead and use it, rather than holding on to it because it mechanically could be better later or something. I mean, um, I think with yeah. gaming in general, the instinct is to kind of maximize everything, try to make it the most efficient and use the fewest resources possible to get the best outcome. And that is an attitude you have to fight against at every turn <laughs> when you play an RPG, because the the mechanics are there to serve the narrative. That's at the end of the day what it's about, at least for, I think for a lot of the games that we play, that's the case and how we like to play it. Um, don't try to beat the mechanics by not spending a lot of your resources. Just do what feels right narratively, even if it doesn't match up exactly with the mechanics. Yeah, they're meant to help you tell the story. Like, that's it. Yeah. I would like to go through the rest of the brinks because I don't think that no, we did No, we didn't that. talk about our brinks. No, no. I'll tell you what Z gave to me because they're evil. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. Yeah, Z assigned me as, as them, assigned me this brink. They have seen you scream. When they took your kids, you broke. God damn. (laughs) Yeah. You still hear their voices. I do. Horrifyingly. (laughs) Avery gave me, um, I have seen you buckle. Folks came after what Sulphur had, and when push came to shove, you stood aside. Ooh. Maggie gave me, I have seen you abandon the one you cared about most. Nice. Uh, yeah, Emily, Emily and I eventually decided on on functionally. Like I have, I have seen you like actively harm others to save yourself. Mm. I would also like to note that the recordings at the end were probably my favorite mechanic ever. Number one and number two. Oh, absolutely crushing. I was just sobbing through Emily and Avery's like yeah. absolutely I, brutal. Oh. Uh-huh. I just so, I just lost it. Great work on those, everyone. Uh that said, the fact that we did this a couple scenes in and the fact that we only shared them at the end is not something that is in the rules. This is a Z innovation. Z, would you like to talk about this? Sure. Uh, I would love to. So They're correct for having done this, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah, clearly. (laughs) I'm I'm very glad that it has worked out yet again. Um, So the, the rules as written, basically, when you finish character creation, so you go through basically seven steps of character creation with your traits, your moments, your brinks, and other stuff, um, your, your character concept, all that. Um, at the end of that, at the very start, according to the rules, before you actually do anything, you are supposed to do a recording. So the idea is you've gotten, you've heard people talk about their traits, you've heard them talk about their concepts, you personally know your brink, you know one other person's brink because you gave it to them and you have an idea of your moment. But no gameplay has happened yet. Normally that's the moment when you do your recordings and everyone hears them. So you do them basically like one at a time. You, I, I, think, I think it's basically you all record, hand it to the next person, record, hand it to the next person, and then you play them back at the end. Oh no, you're correct. Mm-hmm. My innovation is to let gameplay happen first. So character creation's done. 
I throw you back into it, so basically re-describe a little bit of the module, as it were, but put you actually into the scene instead of sort of zoomed out of it. And then my goal is generally, and I, I've kind of described this to Avery before, but my goal is generally to let you play out some things together as a group, move you forward until a point where it feels like you are moving towards an objective um, of some kind. It doesn't matter to me what that objective is. You can go wherever you want. You can make up your own thing. You can decide to go in a direction I have not planned for whatsoever. Um, and that's that's what the game sort of encourages and fosters. But what I want is like, you're going a place. You know the place you're going. You know what you're going there for. You've had a chance to kind of talk with each other a bit and you also know this background information about who you are and what you're about and that. And then I want to hit the recording. Um, so I think this time we did it all after two candles had gone out already. Um, yeah. We did it We did it in the middle of a scene as well. I also liked that the recordings were secret. We didn't know what everybody else had recorded. Yes. Oh, yeah. That is oh, the other yeah. innovation is I, I don't... Uh-huh. I, I make the recording secret and then you share them only at the end and learn a little bit more about the characters or what they're thinking. It makes it so much more powerful. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine playing it the other way. I feel like it loses so much of the impact if you do it that way. In fairness, I have never played it the other way because I read the rules and immediately changed this. So. <laughs> yeah, so listeners absolutely do it this way. It's so much better. Uh-huh. Uh... But no, I, in terms of this, right, like theoretical, theoretical benefits that you would get from doing it the other way is that if you have, is that it's an easy way for other players to access information about other people's characters and sort of then be able to lean into that or bring that out in play, uh, which has its own, like that has its own benefits. Uh, that said, this is better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am obviously being the one who's done it. I am partial to it. Um, I do think that, like... I do think there's something cool about making the characters more transparent from the start, but I think that probably running this in the future, I would stick with this way of doing the recordings, and the thing I would change is maybe pushing people to interact more or trying to emphasize more that, like, that you know someone else's brink. Like... You've seen someone do some fucked up something or other. Like, that's how you know about their brink. Yeah. We didn't really come in with, like, these, like, preconceived notions that we knew each other very well. We kind of did, but we didn't. We didn't play like we did. Yeah, I think I think I, I did something different this time that I, I might actually do different next time, um, <laughs> I guess I should say. Or go back to how I was doing it before. Um so there's a part where you describe your concept right um in the character creation my inclination this time was to try it out as a let's let's set the first scene let's tell you where you're at and then let's go through and basically be like who do we see in the scene and kind of look around um but I, i think that one thing that that didn't lose entirely but like maybe emphasize less uh, from an early stage was like the concept part of the character where it's like, okay, we're focusing a little bit more on the physical appearance of a character. And it could have been good to have emphasized from the get go, like just tell me who they are, what are they about? And like focused on that more. I'm not entirely sure on that, but I, I think maybe doing, making the concept clear from the get go before we get to the first scene could have been, 
could have been a better move. But I, and maybe would help with some of these other things. I don't know. I, I stand by the recording thing, though. I like how the recording goes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. I have a thought, which is, if you try to establish that these are people that know each other, and it's it's one thing to say, like, you know this person because you saw them, like, I don't know, eating somebody else's kidney in a back alley one time. Like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You saw them. <laughs> That's a very defining. You saw them at their lowest. But it's another. <laughs> defines your yeah, It's another thing to say, like, okay, this was your relationship before the end times happened. What if you had, like you have a virtue, vice, and moment, you had a relationship and you defined a relationship with another player character at the table. And then during play, you could either sacrifice or rely upon that relationship to get you out of a sticky situation. To tap that card. Hmm. I don't know. That's a way to mechanize it, I suppose. I love this as a, I love this as a thought. This is only a thought, yes. The thing is... Consider, if you will... How few cards we were able to burn. I know. Yeah. (laughs) This is the thing. Yeah, I don't think that that's something you necessarily burn as something you just define as part of the concept. Yeah, it could be conceptually. You know, just like another, like, person on your right, what's your relationship with them? I'm I'm tempted to maybe just fold this in a little bit to the the whole brink thing. Um, Just just a tad and say, like, it's like you're, you're supposed to give a brink, right? Which is like, I've seen you blah um and i i'm you're supposed to give like a little bit of a description after that i think like a short little phrase that explains what that means um and i i could see that being developed a little bit more and maybe emphasizing that a little bit more where it's like it's not just that they've seen you say buckle and stand aside um, but why did they see that? Why were they in a position to look at that and see you do this? Well, it's because they are and add a little bit more. Like, even if that was like, well, because they're like, they they work at the same school as you or something, or uh, they they were one of the people who you stood aside when bad things started happening and they like just narrowly escaped or like what whatever it might be. But like. I feel like you could add a little bit more to the brink, even, and that would help define the relationship a tad. I will say, on that note, though, that um, order would matter a little bit, because it's hard to define a relationship if you don't know the character concept for someone else. Yeah, if it, w- if it was folded into brinks, notably brinks are last, uh, and if we had shared our character concepts more directly, that would be... Yeah. So I, I think maybe that, that just encourages me to think that I, even if appearance or something does get held off on, which I'm tempted to say even that shouldn't, maybe it's good to just have everyone reveal their concept when they make their concept rather than like waiting for a scene. Because um, I, I think that's what I was going for here, and I don't think I've done in this setting before, but I think maybe that that might have been a mistake. Um, you can still do the appearance to set the scene. Like you, instead of doing appearance and concept at the same time, you do the concept before you start, and then you go through the appearance. I thought that for a second, and I'm tempted to say that you might want the appearance too, because there might be a difference between the bus driver farmer, um, who you don't say anything further about their look a bit on, versus 
they're in their 50s or 60s they're gray haired with one long braid right like that's fair that yeah. you might get a different vibe for the the character so i i'm tempted to think that the idea of concept and look are not so entirely distinct because often look bears upon how someone conceives of their concept too and how other people do so i don't know it's it's loose it's tricky but i'm i'm tempted to think maybe it's you can still reintroduce like with some kind of key thing about the look or be like what do we see when we come into the scene and yet have also just previously described a little bit more thoroughly what someone's vibes are like what a break that you gave to emily by the way god (laughs) oh i I, it was a really good one i i thought it was kind of nice i was really hoping to get to it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i you kind of the, did. The sweet if Caroline said, was uh, very relevant. <laughs> oh yes, I I was trying oh. to push it. Uh, th- I I was I mean, in fairness, I was trying to like find ways to push a little bit about the Brinks at different points, and I, I was struggling a tad. Um, I do think that poor Miss Lily stumbled into the Brink a couple different times where I had a little something to do with it, and I was like, "Give it to me." <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to mentally break. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you sing a song in the forest and you don't know who's going to sing back. A choir of children, I guess. I can't believe you guys almost went to the basement of that gas station. (laughs) Like... (laughs) So, in, in a funny note, like, genuinely at any point, if you had rolled, like, for what's down in the basement and just, like made a six on there you could just tell me that there in fact were the thing you were looking for down in the basement um the the like for like there very much could have been uh like uh with with uh lily miss lily your moment was when i save a child from a terrible fate mm-hmm. um that very much could have been had like things been in the right place and virtues and vices not been in the way or if we had played it in a way that was more flexible between those things like that that very much could have been a moment or in the forest when you're like singing a song could have been a moment where you're like no there are people out here and they're afraid there are children out here and they're afraid and in fact they're here and then if the role went wrong then it's like oh no those aren't children yeah Uh, (laughs) but like those are ways that that could go depending on things like that but like going down into the basement does sound terrifying and probably bad given the way that this in fact went um in fact it it was bad after we defined it a bit more um but like from the get-go there could have been people hiding down there and that's kind of up to how the roles and how you narrate and play it out um i also yeah yeah, i also could have just put people down there and then made other things bad (laughs) independently as a player i like to introduce problems um that's always something that i find fun to do and... I appreciate that about you and about this group in general. <laughs> and I like to experience problems. It's other people that stop me from experiencing them. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I do appreciate and I, uh, the the fact that people are willing in this game to create problems um, and also to like deal with what other people have created because I think that like having narrative power gives you a lot of options and some of those options include like totally self-serving and sort of group promoting good things. And that's very appropriate and good often. But sometimes when you win narrative control, it's very nice when you make things worse for yourself. Sometimes you want to make 
the other character trip in the forest and lose their life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a, that's great. That's like I love it. Yeah, you have to understand that you want it to be an interesting story. No matter what that entails. Yeah. As a player in this game, you need to really accept, embrace, and then act upon the fact that this is going to be a tragedy. Yeah. Yes. I do know I'm never going to play this game again, though. Really? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? I love it. It was amazing. Um, the tragedy was just brutal. I would absolutely play this game again. In fact, I, I want to play it in person. This is my second this is my second game of it. I'll do it again. I'm, I'm so surprised, Jack, because you're a tragedy lover. You love a tragedy. You're a tragic I, you boy. Know what? There's a difference. There there is a difference. It's the hopelessness. I love tragedy in where there has to be a little spark of hope, a little seed of possibility that that someone is dying for something that it means something um avery's character got that my character and maybe may okay i listen i'm probably speaking overly harshly realistically i'm gonna play it again (laughs) but (laughs) my character tried and failed because no one would let him save them and thus he was unredeemed. I'm sorry. And <laughs> impotent. I'm sorry all of our women were too strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think if we had that last stand thing that Z was talking about, you might feel a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I, I, I think that if we felt as though we were maybe accomplishing something... I would feel differently for this. It was just crushingly sad for me, particularly at the end when I listened to the tapes. Yeah. Can I just say again, how much I love the tapes. So good guys. (laughs) I do think like things could have gone differently and maybe there could have been more opportunity for, uh, Mitch to experience like some hope in the midst of all of this. I will say the tapes never help <laughs> the tapes. Like no. in my experience are always just a gut punch uh, at the very end of the whole thing. Like, yeah. Oh, Oh God. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't know. I feel like, I think there's something weird about running this as opposed to playing it, which I, I have only run this. I've never been a player. So I'm always on this end. Um, and I, <laughs> Side note, if any of you want to ever run this, I will play immediately. Um, but <laughs> but um, the thing is, when I'm prepping this, it often makes me sad. Um, and then when I'm running it, I'm mostly like, this is probably just a me as a GM thing. I'm mostly like, how do, how do I put the pieces in place? How do I figure out, oh, well, what are the moments? I double check the brinks. Oh, no. Uh, I need, oh, God. I need to... Oh, no. I think that's just GMing. Yeah. That's just GMing. Yeah. GMing is always a scramble. It's, you know, I feel there are some systems I feel like I'm fairly comfortable running. And if I'm not doing well, it's probably a, like, lack of prep or something. But But this system, like, doesn't invite prep in the first place. And also, it just feels like... It, it I, I don't know. I'm very concerned with, like, even when I feel like I've got the thing in the right place. Like, I can't tell you how much, for example, 
when I made the decision to make the the follow up like beep beeps of the car in the garage, I was like, wow, that's a. But the part of my brain was like, yeah, that's great. And another part was like, wow, what a stupid fucking idea. <laughs> That's so dumb and silly. I'm ruining this. No, um, it was fantastic. And, and it whipped no, ass. Was no, so that good. was fantastic. But I was, I was genuinely stressed about that but because I could not figure out in the moment on the GM side of things, is this like creepy and like horrible <laughs> and a, a sign of bad things? Or is this like so goofy and dumb and like, beep, wow, beep, beep, no, it was beep, very creepy. The car go beep, beep. <laughs> like... I, <laughs> So like I I stress we were but we had we had committed to the tone and the mood so we didn't experience yeah. any of that it was just horrifying when you clicked it and you realize oh no we can't find it I thought that we were gonna die lost in the sea of blinking lights of the cars unable to find anything which what what this effectively means for me often. Um, is on the GM side of things, I don't think I feel to the same degree the horror or the tragedy that I'm inflicting on everybody. I just kind of have oh, yeah. an idea that I'm doing it. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, whenever I make people play their recordings, uh, ideally it all comes together there, and I'm like, oh no, I've done it. <laughs> uh <laughs> uh and and then I'm like, oh, okay, it did work. That's that's great. Um, but it, it's there's like there's a weird level of removal in this um, where I'm like, I I understand to a degree what I'm doing and I feel to a degree what I'm doing, but I also think like the weird stress of like running a game, um, like diminishes it to a degree. But then with the last scene and also with the sort of ritualistic like truths, I think work very well, even on the GM side, like making you tell truths, I think is great in the middle of the game because that always, I think there's less stress to that when I'm running the game than there is in scenes where I'm in like, I'm, I'm involved in the narration and I'm responsible for the setting in a lot of ways. And then I step out of that for a second. I'm like, here we actually are. Tell me a truth. And then as the truths go, it's like, oh, no, we really are here. And then by the end of the game, when we get the recordings, um, I, I think it brings it together on the, you know, GM side, which is, I don't know. It's a weird experience, I guess, as the GM uh, compared to the player, perhaps. Well, thank you all. This has been a delight. Thank you, yeah. Z. Ten Candles. Absolutely would recommend this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And play it with candles. We're we're doing it virtually, and we still all yeah. used some kind of candle. It's so necessary. You really need it. You might think, no, yeah. it'll feel enough with the tone that's established in the game. You're wrong. The candles add something. They do. Fr- frankly, the candles just make the freight train effect of it whacking you that much harder. Um, because if you're playing in a dark environment with candles the whole time, that's getting steadily darker and darker, and you can see your friends on, even if it's virtual, on the screen or in person, less and less as they go down. It it drives home the idea in a like physical way. Especially since, like, at the end when we listened to the recordings, all of us were sitting in pitch blackness. I couldn't even see anybody's faces on Zoom. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. it was just the sound experience of this person. 
and nothing else. Which now you can experience on our podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, close your eyes. Sorry, you'll, you'll only have the sound experience. Um, you can't see us anyway. You know, maybe, maybe that's a, a thing we should add on the podcast, which is, if you listen to this ideal environment, dark. Make it dark. <laughs> Be alone in the darkness while you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Nothing will start talking to you from the shadows. It's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry it. about it. When sweet Caroline starts repeating, <laughs> it's okay. Ba, ba, Just like ba. the first half of the refrain, too. <laughs> I, oh god, I specifically in that moment, I was just like, I can't do the ba 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 or it'll be too silly, I can't do it. Um, so I just, I just described instead, I was like, it's, uh, the chorus, don't worry. The line between horror and comedy is so thin sometimes. Oh yeah. Look, sometimes the comedic things are the most horrifying once they go horrible, so. Yeah. Yeah, the Papa wouldn't have done it. No, no, no. That's why I didn't say it because I was like, "Look, <laughs> I don't know. I think it would have done it for me at that yeah. point." Yeah, it was a spooky well, time. I was committed. I appreciate. Once it. we got on the bus, I was committed. There's something so terrible about being in a horror movie on a school bus. I don't know what it is. It felt very visceral to me. If you like our show, consider giving us a rate or review on your preferred podcast service. If you want to follow us on social media and get fan art and schedule updates and information on what systems we're going to play in the future, you can follow us on Twitter at Calamity Vault or on Tumblr at tumblr.com slash calamitypod. Thanks for listening.